Hey guys, what is happening? Welcome to another episode of the Thrive Forever Fit Show. I'm your host, Jay Nixon. Not just another episode, this is actually episode number 50. Now, I don't know if 50 is really a milestone or not, but it feels pretty cool to know that I've put out 50 of these bad boys, 50 pieces of content that have hopefully disrupted the way that you're thinking, inspired you to think differently, and, and have given you some transformational tools and tips and tactics that you can use to take your life to the next level, because that's really the mission and the goal of this particular podcast. And I hope I'm doing that. I hope I'm delivering that. And as we go into episode 50, I hope you get that extreme value today. Now, before we jump in with um, my, my guest for episode 50, his name is Donnie Starkins. He's a great friend of mine. He's a fellow Lululemon um, Global Ambassador. We met at the uh, Global Ambassador Summit in Whistler about a year and a half ago, two years and we've been friends ever since, and we're just building that relationship, and you'll get a gist of that um, during the uh, conversation. Before I jump in, though, I want to remind you of two things. Inspired 2019 is coming up very, very soon. It's actually going down on October the 19th, 2019. It's a live event, Inspired 2019. It is the future of health and wellness as we see it today, it's going to be a, an event that surrounds mind, body, and spirit, and how you can take your life to the next level in all three of those areas. I'm going to have some amazing speakers. You're actually going to hear me pitch Donnie um, to come speak at the event. He's such an, an unbelievable speaker, such an unbelievable force. And um, I've got him on the line, and um, he and I are finalizing some details, and hopefully he's going to be one of the speakers at the event because you need more of him in your life as you're going to get from this particular podcast. So go ahead, go check out inspiredconference2019.com. Now, tickets aren't on sale as of right now, as of this recording. They'll probably be on sale within the next five days. So by the time you get there, by the time you check it out, you're going to be able to get your ticket. And I would suggest getting it quickly. This event will sell out, I promise you. It's going to go down in Palm Desert, California, October the 19th. It's a Saturday, 2019. It's going to be an amazing day, guys. I promise you. My promise to you is it will be the most transformational day of your journey to this point. That's a bold statement. It's a bold promise, but that's how strongly I believe in the content that we're going to be providing and the quality of the speakers that are going to be there. It's going to be an amazing day. Lastly, before we jump into the podcast, just a reminder, the purpose of pain, how to turn tragedy into triumph because life's not supposed to suck. My second book is now available. It's been out for about three weeks now, and I would love your feedback on it. I'd love for you to get a copy, and I would love for you to correspond with me and let me know what you think. I wrote the book for the single sole purpose of helping people get unstuck, helping people take their helping people learn how to take their tragedy and turn it into an absolute triumph because that's what I did with my life and I know if I can do it you can do it. So guys with no further ado let's jump in. Here's Donnie and I rapping about some amazing things that are going to help you get to the next level of your life. All right, love you and enjoy. Donnie Starkins, my brother, thank you for joining me today on the Thrive Forever Fit Show. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. You know what? We've been trying to do this for a little while now, and it just kind of um, worked out last minute today, which is probably just the universe um, saying, hey, you two dudes need to talk and, and let a bunch of people listen. Yeah, I think today is absolutely perfect. Good, man. You and I kind of have a lot of the same, um, the same ideals and the same you know, ways of thinking about life. And so I think today's going to be an amazing episode. Give you guys a little backstory really quick. How Donnie and I even know each other 
Um, I'm in Palm Springs, California, obviously. Donnie is out in Phoenix, um, Scottsdale area out in Arizona. But about, was that a year and a half ago or two years, Donnie, when we got to go to the, uh, the Global Summit? It was, so was it uh, March of, so a year and a half about? Okay. So about a year and a half ago, we got the absolute privilege and pleasure of being selected as um, Lululemon ambassadors that got to attend the Global Summit in Whistler, Canada. We got to go to the home office in Vancouver. And there was about, I think there was about a hundred of us from all over the country and even all over the world. And so that's actually where Donnie and I met and got connected. And we've been social media and Facebook friends ever since then. And the more I get to know him, the more I want to get to know him. And um, that's why he's here today. So we're going to get enlightened. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about meditation, mindfulness, dogs, retreats, yoga, and who knows what else. So dude, I love what you're doing. I just want to jump in and say, I love the way that you are leading with uh, mindfulness, because I think that is paramount in our society. And I think that's the one of the big things that we are lacking and one of the things we're going to need to get better at if we really want to move the ball forward for creating a life and a universe that is just beneficial for everybody. So give me your take on what mindfulness is. Like, what does it mean to you? Because I, I use it a lot, but I want to know your take on it. What do you think that, that word means? So can you hear me okay now? Perfect. Um, yeah, mindfulness. Whew this word, this big buzzword. So I would say that the definition that I often use is paying attention in a particular way on purpose without judgment. And, you know, to, to keep it simpler, it's just really just about waking up out of um, our thoughts and our judgments and paying attention to actually what's happening in this moment. I love the without judgment piece. And I love that I always use, I use the, the word, it's the same exact thing, but I, I always say like intentional, intentional like thought and intentional behavior and intentional actions like is really what it kind of means. I think we, a lot of people kind of are wandering through the world and wandering through their lives. And I think if we can, you know, mindfulness, you're right, is a major buzzword. But I think if we can get people to connect with it, and then understand the meaning of how they can utilize it. I think that's really the transformational piece. How much does mindfulness play into your teachings? Like when you're, so what Donnie, he does a lot of yoga retreats. He's a yoga instructor. So he'll take people to Canada or all over the place. We're going to dig into that a little more, but how much does mindfulness play into or couple with the, the meditative practice or the um, yoga practices that you do at your retreats? Oh man, it's everything. Um, I just feel like it's weaved into my message, whether it's a, again, a yoga class, a personal development coaching session with a client. Um, I could, you know, use the example of a yoga class and talking about the intention behind really every movement and every breath that you're taking in a class. So the way that you transition from pose to pose, the way you you know, you pay attention as you lower down going into up dog and down dog, you know, the way you step or jump your feet to the front of the mat, it all has intention and purpose. And the way we get to the pose, the journey from pose to pose is as important as the actual pose is. Because if it's like, I say, whatever we are in the practice of will grow stronger. And so if you have an intentional practice, which all starts with intentional breathing, and your body will follow it, 
Like if you practice that on your mat, it's going to grow stronger off your mat. And so that can translate as the way you move from task to task as you go about your day. It's not about how many tasks we knock out, how many items we check off the to-do list. It's what did you look like and feel like and what was your energy as you move from task to task. And so it's just a great, you know, the yoga transitions from pose to pose is a great example of, of you know, how we move and what our, what our breath and the fluidity and the rhythm is as we go about our day or as we go from pose to pose. I love that. I think in, whenever you said, I like the way you, you connected it to how we move through our day, because I think that's the, that's the transitional piece that if people can start to understand and actually do that, that's what's going to make your life better. Because I hear people say sometimes like, I'm so connected or I'm so mindful or I'm so happy or, you know, all the, all the words you could use when I'm in my yoga practice. But what you just described was basically taking your yoga practice and utilizing it inside of your entire life. I mean, am I right? When, is that kind of your thoughts as well? Yeah, exactly. I believe that the, the yoga on our mats is more like yoga training. Like that's our training so that we can actually practice yoga off of our mat. Connection, mind, body, soul, the, the mind and the body in the same place at the same time. A little easier to do when you're on your mat and you put your phone down and you don't have people and stressors being thrown at you from every direction. So when we go on our mats, we can control the variables. The only thing that is really there to distract us is our own thinking mind. And so we can actually use the practice to train the mind to work for us and not against us like it's been doing most of our lives. I'm envisioning this question from the audience right now, Donnie. So what, what do you say to the person who says, you know, Jay, Donnie, that sounds great. That sounds perfect. But I'm, when I'm on the mat, when I'm doing yoga, I'm just struggling to get from Chaturanga to, to Warrior 17 or, you know, Hawk 91 or whatever, it, you know, whatever pose it is. Like, I'm just struggling to get from A to B. How do you guys really want me to like be mindful of like how I get there? So how do you walk someone who's like at that level? How do you kind of get them to connect? Oh, I would say it's all about the breath. So it all starts there. It starts with, you know, a steady breath creates a steady state of mind. Peace in the breath creates peace of mind and peace in the body and peace in your life. And so if you're a newer practitioner to yoga, you know, I will start off my class, whether you're new or you've been practicing for, you know, 50 years, put your intention, make the breath the most powerful part of your practice and start to create an even breath, you know, Ujjayi breath in yoga or even inhales, even exhales, you know, three to five counts on your inhale, three to five counts on your exhale. This even breath will start to create an even state of mind. And when we put our mind's focus on our breath, the body actually starts to feel this enormous release of tension, but it also drops you into your body. So it's, you know, it's a 6 p.m. class. You know, I bring awareness to breath as people are in child's pose starting class. And I know even for me, a lot of times if I enter a class practicing, you know, the teacher might say, bring your awareness to your breath. And then I'm like, Jesus, I've been in my head all day. Yeah. And I teach this 
And I, you know, I'm practicing this and saying it, and yet I still am gone where I always say my body knows where home is, but our, our minds are the things that take us down these roads that make us feel so disconnected. Yeah. And what you just described, like I said, I mean, I'm, you know, you could take that same breath work and like you said, take it with you, utilize that in your car or before a meeting or before a class or before a date or before anything, if you really needed to get connected with yourself. I mean, agreed? I might have lost Donnie on some audio there, guys. So I'm just going to keep rapping for a second. Technology. We aren't going to get all worried about it. Let's see here. Donnie, if you get back on, my man, just feel free to. Yeah, you went completely blank, my man. Sorry about this, guys. Hang in there with us. I know this isn't standard podcast 101 like you're used to hearing, but sometimes technology gets in the way, and it's probably um, good that we were talking to a guy like Donnie today that can, you know, kind of connect us with some of that mindfulness and state of being and whatnot. So let me try to get his audio back up. I mean, I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, brother. You're solid. I was just awesome. telling I was just telling the audience that listen, sometimes things like this happen. This is merely the universe testing Jay and Donnie to make sure we are of true character and that we're not going to allow something like this to derail us because in life things get thrown at us, right? And if you can keep a calm nature, calm demeanor, utilizing the breath that Donnie just talked about, it's a win-win. It makes life so much easier, right, my man? Yeah, let's use that for a sec because for one, technology, you know, I, I, again, teach this, but technology and even driving in traffic are two things that are, you know, my best teachers these days. Mm -hmm. And what I often will have to call myself out on is, is, you know, I catch myself saying, Donnie, dude, you need to, you need to listen to some of the stuff you're telling your students at times. And, you know, I am a human being. And one of the things I, I teach, I teach myself this and I say it is like the one thing we do have control over is our internal response to what's happening outside of us. Okay. This is where meditation and, and mindfulness really comes into play. I like to talk about eliminating the gap. So something happens in our lives, we're triggered, one of our wounds gets hit, you know, somebody does something to us and we want to react or it might just be a completely an, an, an imagined insult. Somebody cuts you off and you start this story in your head. Yep. The practice eliminates the gap of when your mind leaves your body and starts some BS story about whatever's going on. And so the more we can practice bringing the mind back, the shorter that gap gets. Yeah. And the more present we can, we can be. Yeah, it lets that it controls that reactive ego because that's really what happens is when we get when our ego gets present and, and is in charge, we get super reactive and we're not really proactive even in our thinking, our behavior, and it's just downhill from there. So I love the way you described that gap. Now, let's shift gears a little bit. You haven't always been this Zen, chilled out, meditative, mindful guy. Like, how did you how did you find this? How has this been so beneficial? Because I think 
a lot of times we become great teachers of things that we have had to move into ourselves. And so give us a little backstory on how you got to where it is you are today. All right. Um, Cliff Notes version of my story. I grew up here in Phoenix, Arizona, grew up playing uh, sports, specifically baseball my whole life, all the way till my senior year at Arizona State here. 15 games into my senior year, I had what was my fifth surgery on my left knee. It was a major surgery. It was a cadaver transplant of my meniscus, and it was a disaster. Um, I was bedridden for a month and a half. I, baseball was over for me. I was taking 80 Percocet a week for a month and getting no reprieve from the pain. Uh, about eight months post-op, the, the cadaver piece, the graft that they put in my body rejected the piece. I ended up having to have it taken out. So the whole surgery was like a wash. And you know, the doctor told me on that surgery that I had that, you know, if I had the surgery goes well, it would be like having a new knee and I might even be playing again, but it would oh, wow. be like having a new knee and I would be, you know, no pain. It would be completely normal. Um, but the day I woke up from that surgery, I knew I would first never play baseball again. And f- from that day and for many years after my world really was turned upside down from a life of, of addiction, um, specifically pain pills, prescription pills. Um, I did a lot of other drugs too, but really what had its grip on me were the pills. I could get whatever I wanted because I, because of all the medical, the, 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 you know, MRIs and the surgeries and everything oh, yeah. I had in the past, I could get whatever I wanted, but it was never enough. And my life got so bad. I, I overdosed once in, in Mexico, um, could have died many times. And finally, my parents intervened and my life got so bad that I was surrendered and was willing to go to rehab and get help. And while I was just before I went into treatment, my mom kept nudging me like, you need to go to yoga. She was practicing yoga way before yoga was cool. And I would always tell her my response was yoga is for girls and hippies. I'm not doing that crap. Right. That's just where I was. And finally I went with her once and I, it was a gym class, 24 hour fitness yoga class. And after the class, I knew I would do yoga the rest of my life. Wow. I knew, just from the physical, the reprieve I was getting. So I favored my, right, my left leg for so many years. So my right hip and my low back, such a mess. And the reprieve that I got physically was why I knew I would do it the rest of my life. So I tell people I started to, to fix my body and little did I know what it would do for my mind and my soul. Wow. So knowing I would do it the rest of my life. I, you know, I went to teacher training, but not necessarily to be a teacher, just to learn the lineage and anatomy and everything about it. But like a week into teacher training, I was ready to teach and ready to quit my corporate job and um, was on fire for yoga. And so, you know, I've been teaching almost six years now, and that's progressed into teaching yoga, mindfulness, working with professional athletes on these same topics um, you know, as a, like yourself, the Lululemon ambassador turned into actually working for Lululemon on their own internal personal development program, facilitating personal development and leading yoga and meditation. And so, yeah, I have a coaching program called the shift. It's transformation of the mind, body, soul. I teach yoga, um, lead retreats and, um, it's, it's turned into a pretty awesome life. 
That's so cool, man. You know, I just mind, you know, this isn't a pitch for me, but I think this is so trans transformative and transitional into what we're talking about. My new book is called the purpose of pain. And it sounds to me like there was a purpose behind all of that pain that you had to go through because now you're probably living a life of like abundance that you probably never even thought that was possible. Even when you were playing baseball. Oh man, you, you're the name of the book is it's so on point and it's exactly the message that I choose to carry, you know, it's not the event that happens. It's the meaning we attach to it. And I could have, and I did actually for many years, I was blaming it on the doctors. I was the only one going through this stuff, you know, and until I finally dove in and did the work and was able to let go of the resentments I had towards the doctors and really look at my part that, yeah, I had a major traumatic surgery, but that's not really at the core why I got addicted. The reason I got addicted was because I lost my identity. I lost who I was. It was all I ever knew was baseball. And then one day it was taken from me and I didn't have the tools and I didn't have a plan B. That was my purpose. That's all I ever knew. And yeah, so, so the, the today I would say that my wound of addiction has given me an access point to a greater purpose and I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, I, I, you know, there's stuff throughout the 12 steps I had to work through, like the, the shame and the guilt and the pain that I put my parents and family through, um, worrying about if I was even going to live through this. Yeah. But, you know, today I can make a living amends and show up and choose to show up every day as the best son and brother and uncle and these things that gives me um, freedom from the the wreckage of my past you know it's it's so powerful whenever you were talking earlier telling you know about the story about you know baseball and and how that was taken away from me i wrote down the word identity on my notepad and so for you to come back and touch on that i think is super powerful your identity was taken away from you because you know as as athletes i think a lot of times we that that's we become that person as opposed to like being a human being that just plays a sport and when that's stripped from you, sometimes you don't know how to, to handle it. And I want to get your take on this. I'm a believer that emotional pain, so they, the, the pain of you having your identity stripped, I mean, yes, you had a horrible knee and all of that, but I, I'm a firm believer that, that emotional pain that you went through was probably a catalyst for some of your physical pain as well. Do you, do you believe that at all? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I believe in the mind-body connection, so I, I know you know, and even with 12 step work that we do that our bodies remember everything. And this Mm -hmm. is the gift of yoga. And in my humbled opinion, maybe one of the, the one thing that the 12 steps is missing is moving energy, moving your body, practicing yoga, you know, working through the issues that are in our tissues and unblocking and chipping away at the things that have closed our heart that ultimately don't allow us to see clear. Like if our, if our, if our hearts are blocked, we're not seeing with clarity. And as we open our hearts and we practice gratitude and we do these things, we see from the heart and not from the really the BS movie of our minds. 100%. I mean, you could have, I couldn't have articulated that any better than, um, than you did. Um, I think it's also, how did you, cause let's talk about addiction, right? So I think you and I talked about this a little bit before the call started. So, addiction of two pills or alcohol or, you know, 
cocaine or meth or whatever it is. I think a lot of times people look at those and like, oh, th that's what addiction is. But you and I both agree that like everyone kind of has like an addictive either tendency or ability or whatever it may be. And a lot of times people turn to things that aren't so frowned upon like food or relationship addiction or things of that nature. And, and my belief is, and I'll, I'll use your thing, my humble opinion on, on this is that those are all forms of addiction and you hit the nail on the head is until we uncover like the issues that we're really trying to mask that we're all going to be stuck in some kind of a negative addictive tendency thoughts. What do you think? I, I 100% agree. I, f I feel like addiction. I think if you, the definition of addiction is like the fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance thing or a, even an activity. Yeah. Like a behavior too, right? Yeah. And a behavior. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's a very blanket statement. If I were to say we're all addicted to something, right. But with the use of even, you know, our smartphones now sure. for most people, um, there's something and, you know, the addict, my addiction or addiction to substances, alcohol, drugs, it is just a symptom. There's, there's something deeper there. Yeah. And you can call it a God-shaped hole. You could feel it. You could call it a wound, you know, that, you know, hasn't, you're, you're not willing to feel it and you don't want to feel. And this is where mindfulness comes in again. It's this accepting the moment as it is. And, you know, and I say we, in order to heal our bodies, we have to feel our bodies or in order to heal the emotional pain, we actually have to feel it and sit in it and, you know, I didn't want to feel the emotional pain of my loss of baseball. So I just numbed it. I took pills so I didn't have to feel. And so there's, you know, we can distract ourselves in many ways. Some of them show up as an addiction, but it's, you know, one of the questions I'll often ask myself and I'll tell my, my coaching clients, it's like, what are you unwilling to feel right now? Yeah. Because if we can go there and actually turn towards the pain or the, 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 the challenge or the uncomfortableness, the only way we'll ever get through it is if we go through it. And Love that. I, yeah. I always say you gotta, you gotta grow through it instead of just, you know, going through it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And being able to sit in it and yeah. staying with it long enough to actually work through it and not default to one of our distractions or, our addictions, but then also not staying with it so long that it becomes your identity and you become over-absorbed and you become um, a victim, like that's your story. Right. So there's a balance there. And I think this ties into like mindful self-compassion, which, which there's really the, like three elements of mindful self-compassion. And the, the first part is self-kindness. This is, you know, talking to yourself like you would talk to a friend who is struggling. The second piece is mindfulness, which is what I just mentioned, stay with the pain long enough to feel it, but not so long to where you like are overabsorbed and you're a victim and that's your story your whole life. And then the third piece is, you know, common humanity, knowing that if you're a human being, you will suffer. So it's not what separates us. Like I thought I was the only one going through this and at my rock bottom, I completely isolated and didn't want to be around anybody. But the truth is, this is what connects us as humans, yeah. that we're all going to suffer. My suffering might look different than yours, 
but we're all going to go through it in our lives. And it's actually what connects us and can free us from, you know, the potential addiction or suffering that is really just created with our thoughts. Yeah. I think the, the, the part I love about what you said is that everyone's going to go through. So, so I always say that like your pain is inevitable, but it's like, it's the suffering piece that's optional. Yes, yes, you will go through a certain amount of suffering, but like you said, you you were, I mean, dead on. Don't spend, don't, 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 don't build a house in the suffering because that's where you get stuck. Utilize the suffering as a catalyst to move you forward and not keep you stuck and or move you backwards. And I think a lot of times as humans, it's really easy. You said this earlier, you know, Donnie, you could have stayed addicted to pills. I mean, until you died, obviously from an overdose or whatever, and nobody would have ever really questioned you because, because they know your story. They'd have been like, this dude's been through the ringer, man. Like he's had five surgeries. You hear about his last surgery? Like it went wrong. And like, he had to go back and have another surgery. Like nobody would have ever looked at you and been like, oh, he shouldn't be taking pain kills, painkillers. They would have been like, well, I'd probably be on painkillers too. So people kind of, people will justify or will allow people to justify our stories. So I think you got to be really careful too, where you get your agreements in life. Absolutely. And this is the importance of having a coach, right? Or having somebody yeah. coach, a mentor, someone that is going to call you on your BS, that's going to stretch you, but also support you and also point out your blind spots, the things that we can't see. And, you know, whether it's in recovery with sponsorship or in personal development with a coach or a, a teacher, like this is vital. And, you know, you're a coach, I'm a coach. It's not a plug for us, but no. let's be real. Like everybody needs a coach. Huh, I always say never trust a coach without a coach. And, I, and I'm a firm believer. I always tell people like I have had a coach for the last 10 plus years and I'm a better human no matter what that coach is, it might be a business coach, it might be a mindset coach, it might be a transfer. It, there's always, there's different kind of coaches and different needs for certain coaches throughout your, your journey. Sometimes I have two or three coaches that are just do two or three different things. But it's, I agree with you, everyone needs mentorship, coaching. You have to be surrounded by people who can see a little bit more in you than you can see in yourself, even if you have a really high self-esteem. I mean, at this stage of your life, I mean, you got it going on. You're doing really, 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 really well, but you still need somebody that's like, hey, Donnie, you could do a little bit more, bro, because we need that. Man, I need it more than ever. And I think about the, the, my coach who pushes me and I would not be, from a business standpoint, not be near as productive. And just the simple fact that he has told me to do something, I will do it. You know, when I first got into sobriety, my sponsor had told me, you know, nobody's ever relapsed that did everything their sponsor told them to do. I would, my life got so bad spiritually and emotionally that I was like, fine. You right. know, I think as a player and athlete back in the day, I really felt like I was super coachable right. and so to be able to actually use that natural um, gift of being open and willing to take direction. I am, I, I need my coach and I need my sponsor and I need these people to, to push me because I would not be anywhere near I am where I'm at right now if I didn't have those people in my lives and the paid ones and the, just the, my tribe of, of men and the people that hold me up to a, to a higher standard. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. And I think what you said, it, you, you sound like you're a lot like me. Like I am a, 
I'm an aggressive implementer. And what I mean by that is if my coach gives me something to implement, hey, Jay, this will get you further faster. Like I take immediate implementation action on that. Where I think a lot of people get stuck is I call it like the personal development vortex. They consume, they consume, they consume, they consume. And eventually they've consumed so much that they have zero idea how to implement anything. And so why I believe you're probably as successful as you are is because if I was your coach and I said, hey, Donnie, I need you to do one, two, and three, you would come back to me probably the next day if it was doable, at least by the next time we talked, and you would say, hey, Jay, I did one, two, and three. Am I correct on that? Yeah, man. I mean, if I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing the things I'm telling my, my clients to do because right. the, tool, the tools only work if you use them. And, you know, I can relate it to sobriety or coaching. Like we are given these tools. They're basically sitting at our feet, but it's really up to us or we're sitting on this toolbox and it's up to us to get off of our butts and use the tools. Like no one else can make us do that. That is on us. Yeah. And the, the gift and, you know, it's all about the, the doing. So, yeah, you can take in all this personal development and listen to every podcast and read every book. But it's all about the action implementation that creates like the vision and, and gets us to where ultimately we're wanting to go. I always say coaching gives you access. It doesn't guarantee you anything because you, I mean, you're, we're both saying the same thing. It's about your implementation and your action. Really getting a coach gives you access to the, to, to the key to that toolbox. And having that coach, and then you can open the toolbox, but the coach can't make you pick up the tool and actually put it into um, practical application in your life. That's why when you get a coach, guys, go all in on it. Like believe and trust that this coach has your best interest at heart. And hopefully you made a really good decision in your vetting of your coach. And I'm going to assume that everybody's going to do that. But know that if Donnie tells you to do something, if I tell you to do something, if, if Gina, whoever Gina is, tells you to do something as your coach, take action on it because that is what you, that is, that is what the access that you paid for. And if you don't implement it and you don't utilize it, then at the end of the day, you're going to feel like Donnie or Gina or myself didn't do what it is they were supposed to do. And that's probably not the case. Like my coach has never been, has never been at fault for me not taking action. That comes back to me. Yes. I, I love everything you're saying. And I would, I would, I always say, and we'll continue to say that the magic of coaching actually happens in between the coaching sessions. Mm -hmm. like you take in the information, but the coaching happens in the doing. Again, the implementation of maybe a one new tool that you got, you know, or one new blind spot that we've shined the light of awareness onto. And then it's like, what's, what's next? Now that you have this new tool or a new set of tools, Again, they only work if you use them. Right. I'm going to give you an example of guys of what I'm going to utilize out of my conversation with Donnie. Here's what I believe. I believe when one teaches to learn. And so I do this podcast to learn as much as I do it to help you guys learn. And so when he was talking about the connection between when he's doing yoga or when he's teaching yoga and being on the mat and then taking that intentional breath, because that's something I'm not good at. Like I'm, I think I'm super mindful, like gratitude, thankfulness, all those things drive my life. Like I'm not reactionary. I do a really good job of those things. But what I don't do a good job of is utilizing my own breath to even be better at those things. 
Because sometimes I think you can get caught up like going through the motions of those things. But if I'm really tapped into like my breathing and like am I present within my body while I'm being grateful, while I'm being thankful, that eliminates the, that eliminates my ability as a, because as humans, we're super smart. Like we can, we can go through the motions of gratitude and write things down and not even really be present in it once it becomes kind of a part of our habits, rituals, and standards. So what I'm going to take away from this conversation, one nugget is I'm going to start focusing on my breath more when I'm doing the things that, it, that, I, that I prescribe that are making my life better. And I guarantee you, by me becoming more intentional with that, I'm going to get better at the little things that I'm doing. So, I, Johnny, I want to say, first of all, I want to say thank you for that. And guys, listen to what I just said. Don't try to take away everything Donnie and I are talking about today and implement it into your life. Take away one or two little things. And then when you get those going, come back and listen again if you love the podcast so much. But what do you think about that, Donnie? Because some people go or they listen to things and they're like, I'm going to do everything. And you don't do anything. Yeah. Um, first, I'll touch on the breath. You're, and thank you for being open and, and, and yeah. to that new tool of, you know, an implementation, but so many, like so many people go their whole lives with zero relationship to the one thing that gives us life. And that's our breath. Mm -hmm. You think about what was the first thing we did when we came into this world, we took our first breath and we arrived. What's the last thing that we're going to do when we leave? So we're going to take our last breath and, and our legacy is going to begin. And I believe that if we can learn how to breathe the right way, we can actually learn how to think the right way. And when we can learn how to think the right way, we show up as the highest version of ourselves. We're crushing our, our goals, living our dream, and we're in our purpose, living life in purpose and on purpose. 100%. I, I totally dig it. I think when you're talking, I, think, I was thinking about how breath and, and you know just oxygen in general, it's probably the most taken for granted thing in the world. Like, cause we don't think about it until we don't have it anymore or until we have a lack of it. And, but it's without it, I mean, we're done. Right. So we really take that for granted. So I think it's a great, um, that's a great mindfulness practice for us all to be more aware of that little thing that's going to connect us even more to our body and, and just make us better humans as a, as a whole. I think mean, that's, that's vital. Yeah, and then the second piece of your your um, your question about um, being able to take one or two nuggets and not being get not getting overwhelmed with the information. I, I mean, I love that. And you know, in, in my coaching, a lot of the focus will be on one or two outcomes. Yeah, and not and even just setting up your week and or at the end of the day, one or two or th good two or three good things that happened today. It doesn't have to be this long list or even giving a speech and chunking things into parts of three because all of a sudden you go more than three. My coach says one, two, three, many, meaning like if you get too much, too many yeah. bullet points, four or five, like you lose people, you lose your confidence because now you're trying to remember what you're going to say. But we remember in these, in these chunks of three, so to, to never, never go over that for sure. I love that. Yeah, something you said there too is I love the, I always talk about like outcome decision-making or outcome thinking. So whenever you're implementing a tool, guys, whether it's the breath. So when I, whenever I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to implement what Donnie was talking about with the breath, my intention is going to be based on the outcome of what I want to get from the utilization of that more mindfulness of the breath work. 
And so when you're utilizing a tool or a strategy, if you'll, if you'll get more focused on what is the outcome I want to get from this, as opposed to just haphazardly using it, it will become more ingrained inside of your DNA and inside of your cells and inside of your habits, rituals, and standards of really who you are. So start thinking from an outcome-based perspective and you'll get a lot more value out of the tools and the tactics that you're learning from a coach or from a podcast or from a book. Yeah, you're preaching this mindfulness. I mean, everything you're saying and doing, you know, it's when you talk about outcome, you know, what is the outcome? Or you could say, what is my intention? Right. You know, whatever we were paying attention to creates our intention. So if your outcome is, is you know, the goal you can anchor in or the, the outcome becomes like the value system that will pull you forward towards that vision that you're looking for. I love that, man. Dude, I feel like, and I, you guys are probably getting the gist of this. I know anybody who knows me knows that I'm, I'm, I'm digging this whole podcast right now. You and I could, get, could probably just sit here and riff and go back and forth all freaking day long. Um, I don't want to bore everybody um, with, with you and I getting all geeked out on, um, on just how we believe and whatever. But here's what I want to talk about is Donnie is a living, breathing example of someone who was, was stuck in, let's call it the pain world. And now he's utilized that pain and that tragedy and everything that he went through for purpose. And he's actually turned it into a triumphant life. I mean, you can hear it in his voice when he speaks, like, you're like, this dude is spot on. Like, this is someone that I want to be around more. And so if that's the case, and it is, go to DonnieStarkins.com and you'll be able to find him. Follow him on social media. And the reason I'm going to tell you this is he's got two of the cutest dogs I have ever seen in my life. And Rudy's sleeping right now, so I can say that without him getting pissed. <laughs> um, so they're French Bulldogs, correct? Yeah, two Frenchies. Oh my gosh, man. They are ridiculously smart. They love yoga. Like every time I go to Donnie's Facebook page every day and I love Donnie, but I love his dogs. Like I go, I go to see what these two dudes are doing. What are their names, brother? Uh, Bubba and Cody. Yeah, so Co they're, they're uh, one's a boy and one's a girl. They're both three. Um, Cody's about to be four. Okay. Uh, the female, Cody's a girl with a boy's name. Um, and yeah, they're, they're great. They come on my, you know, my local yoga retreats to Sedona. They come and they actually are in the room when we're practicing uh, they come to one of my studios, not in the room during class, because I'm always, you know, mindful of anybody that's allergic or maybe that doesn't like dogs. But I, I don't think there's many, well, I hope there's not many yogis that actually don't like dogs. But right. out of respect, I don't bring them into the room for there. But they come, you know, Bubba, the white one, mopes around all day until I basically ask him the question, uh, do you want to go to yoga? And I typically will put that on my Instagram story often and he gets all hyped up when he knows it's time to go. I love it. If you guys haven't seen that, go follow Donnie on um, Instagram right now. And I, when he does this, it's the cutest thing in the world, man. This dog is so cool. And, it, and there's no doubt in my mind, it gives me, I mean, I always thought Rudy was the smartest dog on the planet because if I say words or I say, you want to do blank, like he's like, he almost says yes. These two dogs know what yoga is. They, I, I think they kind of practice yoga. Sometimes I see him on the mat and I'm like, is he doing a pose? Like he's better than me. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're amazing. And, you know, on that topic to tie it into to mindfulness, you know, I always talk about um, we can learn a lot from our dogs, you know, and I had another boxer, a 13 year old boxer that passed away a year and a half ago. 
and she was with me at my rock bottom. And, and I remember, I can remember her, like me being so um, at my bottom, can't even get off my couch. And she's wanting to play ball. She's nudging me with the tennis ball in her mouth. And I can't even walk out to the backyard to throw the ball because I'm just so at my bottom crying and she's licking the tears off my face. And, and my point is that we can learn a lot from our dogs because the dog's purpose is to be here. And they, yeah. they show up for us with unconditional love and they're always present. And man, you know, I, when I am so immersed in the moment, like there's nothing more than when I'm just watching my dogs play. Like I am more present and just watching them and receiving the unconditional love that they give me. It is, um, I'm always being taught love for sure from them. Agreed. I think the presence is the big thing too. It's like, there's nothing, there's no creature more present than your dog. Like they are in the moment with you. Like, I mean, and there's no doubt about that. They're not thinking about anything else. Like they are present in your um, existence. So guys, Cody and Bubba are worth the, the, the follow of Donnie. Donnie's amazing. Like you're going to love him just because, but these two, these two dogs, man, are just are dialed in. I love them. Like I said, I go to his page every day just to see what the dudes are doing. <laughs> and um, so Donnie, you got a couple, you got a retreat coming up. It's not till, do you have one before the, um, the 2021 or is that your, your next one coming up? Um, it's two. Yeah. So 2020, as of now, I'll have, I'm doing uh, one in Sedona, Arizona at Enchantment Resort. This will be my fifth time there. It's the most magical place. One of the most magical places I've ever been in the world. Um, in Sedona in general, but enchantment up there is just amazing. The retreat is called love yourself. Um, and there's two sessions. There's one January 16th through the 18th. And then there's one January 18th through the 20th. And I'm actually co-hosting this one with, um, Danielle Nagel, who is the director of mindfulness for Lululemon, who is actually become my friend is one of my teachers and by far one of the most inspirational people in my life. So I am bringing her along to uh, come down. She's coming down from Vancouver and we'll be leading that together in Sedona right at the beginning of 2020. Perfect. So guys, if you are into yoga retreats, if you, even if you're not into yoga retreats and you want to give something a whirl, like I would highly recommend checking out one of Donnie's events. And again, you can go to Donnie Starkins and that last name, I'll spell the whole thing. So it's D-O-N-N-Y. S-T-A-R-K-I-N-S.com. I'll put that in the show notes so you don't have to write that down if you're driving or whatnot. You can also get all of Donnie's information on there. I talked about his coaching programs, his shift, everything. Um, his side is amazing and he's an amazing dude. Donnie, what is, um, between now and those yoga events, like what do you have planned, man? What do you got going on? Um, I have, so oh, coming up a lot of about four or five different speaking events. I also do a lot of mindfulness, um, speaking within corporations and personal development slash mindfulness work, um, uh, with companies. So I've got a few gigs leading up to, uh, the, the new year with that. And I'll just be teaching a bunch of yoga and also launching, an online coaching program called it's also the shift. And so they'll have, there'll be one that's a 90 day program all online that will include online content with personal development, journaling, yoga videos, and audio meditations. And then there'll be another 90 day program for anybody in sobriety, long-term, short-term, or wanting to get sober. And that one is called the shift into sobriety two separate programs for whatever path you would want to take. And those will launch before 
um, the beginning of October, hopefully a little earlier than that. That's awesome, man. Congratulations on that. I know what it takes to put something like that together. And so that is a, definitely a feat. So guys, make sure you go to Donnie's website, check all that out, follow him on Instagram, um, get connected with him. He's just a great dude to have in your world because he's going to give you that mindfulness, that spirituality, just that great feeling um, that we all need. We need more people like this in our, in our worlds. And speaking about events, like you guys know, I've got my big event coming up October 19th out here in Palm Springs. I'm calling it Inspired 2019. Donnie and I are about to get off of this podcast and have a conversation to see if I can talk him into coming out here and being a part of that. So hopefully you'll get to see a little bit more here, a little bit more of Donnie if you are local as well. Um, Donnie, thank you so much, brother, for coming on the show. You are, um, you're an awesome dude. You've got, you know, so many beautiful things going on in your life and I'm just, I'm proud of you. And I'm excited and I'm happy to call you a friend. Thank you, man. It's an honor to be on here with you since the first time I met you up in Whistler with Lulu. Your energy and your light was something that I wanted more of. And so to be able to have these, this conversation and being able to follow you and, and feel really connected to you, um, you have been a gift in my life. And I'm being inspired by your drive and what you're doing in the community um, every single day, man. Dude, thank you for that, man. That means the world. That's uh, that's a that's a big bold statement, and um, and I acknowledge it because you know we're not good at at taking stuff like that in. But I got cold chills whenever Donnie was saying that. It's it's hard to hear sometimes, you know, really strong, powerful things about yourself. But um, thank you for saying that, man. That means the world. Of course, man. That's right from my heart. Thank you, brother. Hey, have an awesome day, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. All right, brother. Hey man, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Donnie is an amazing guy. And as you could probably tell, he and I could have talked for three hours and never had a pause or never needed a break. That's what happens when your energy connects with another human being. It's just, there's such a powerful vortex that you get into. And that's where Donnie and I kind of vibrate on the same frequencies. And so it was an amazing conversation for me. I learned a lot. I'm a firm believer that I'm always learning. And all, when I engage with people of like-mindedness, different perspectives, different stories, different paths, different journeys, we can all learn from everybody. So guys, as a quick reminder, I know I, I told you this at the first, make sure you go check out Inspired Conference 2019. It is going to be the premier health and wellness conference of the year in Palm Desert, California, Saturday, October the 19th, 2019. It's going to be a day-long event filled with magic. It's going to give you momentum. It's going to give you the clarity that you need to take your life to the next level as we end 2019 and go right into 2020 ready to explode with massive success. For those of you guys who have already purchased the book, The Purpose of Pain, How to Turn Tragedy into Triumph Because Life's Not Supposed to Suck, thank you from the bottom of my heart. For those of you who haven't yet, please go grab a copy. I would love to know your thoughts and your feedback on it. Guys, I love you. Thanks for listening. Share this episode with a friend or family member that you know needs to hear it. And we'll talk again soon. All right. See ya.